Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Ghost Chronicles Next Generation, right here on your Chaz Smooth Station. <laughs> I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper of the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, the unbelievable, the mystical, the magical, the macabre, New England's own Van Helsing. With me, all the way from her basement in East Bridgewater, is the blonde bombshell herself, and Carrigan. Well, good evening. You make it sound so glamorous. It's a very nice basement. I'm sure. It really I'm is. Sure. It's creepy, red. Creepy clowns in there and stuff. No, there's no creepy clowns. I don't know. Yeah. You know, people are afraid of clowns. I'm not afraid of clowns. I could have some clowns in here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I love I to, to torment people. I used to go out with a clown. Ah. <laughs> Obviously, Seriously. that was way before you met Janet, who is not a clown. Yeah, I broke up with shit, big feet. <laughs> About a bit. Anyways. Okay. Anyways, we got a great show tonight. Uh, joining awesome. us now is uh, Richard Eastep. Richard, you there? I'm here. Good afternoon. And also, evening. Evening. Okay. Hi, it's Richard. afternoon where you are. It's evening here. <laughs> Good afternoon. Cammy, also uh, with us, Cammy Anderson. Good evening. Hi, Kimmy. Kim. Hello. Kimmy, that's an unusual name. Is that short for something? <laughs> no, some people think it's short for Camille or Cameron, but that's just my full name, Cammy. Like your parents grew up in the 60s or something? <laughs> <laughs> well, they did. They actually thought I was a boy, and so they were really going to name me Cameron. Uh-huh. That was before they all checked to, make, to see what the gender was with the ultrasounds. But I came oh. out, and they were like, huh, what should we name her? Cameron. Yep. <laughs> so it's kind we'll of short for Cameron. <laughs> we'll call her Camouflage. No. Camouflage. <laughs> that <All> works. Right. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, yeah, I was so sure that we were going to have a uh, a girl that I, we didn't even have a name picked out. And then my son popped out, and so he became oh, Junior. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> became Junior. Uh, that's creative. So, yeah, very creative. Well, it's a last-minute thing. What do you want? <laughs> anyway, uh, we have an interesting show tonight because I, I find it interesting anyways because we have uh, a place called the Asylum 49, and it's really a funhouse kind of thing, right? Right. But it's haunted. It is. Oh, that's, okay. That's cool. <laughs> as as a former haunted house worker, mm. I could think of nothing better than having your haunted attraction actually be haunted. Legit right? haunted. That's yeah, awesome. That it rocks. is. I didn't know we were talking to a family member. <laughs> uh, oh, yes. Yeah, I'm Wonderful. a makeup, makeup person. But. Mm. Yeah, she's a face painter and a, a body painter and a uh, some kind of painter. No. Anyway. But anyway, so, uh, Cammy, you're the owner of this uh, establishment. So I think we will start with that, Richard, if you don't mind. Uh, 
and that is uh, how did this all come about? How did Asylum 49 come about? Uh, well, uh, my husband, Kim, he has been in the haunted house industry for since he was a teenager, 20-some-odd oh, cool. years. Yeah, so he grew up um, acting and building sets, doing makeup, doing all of the things that have anything to do with the haunted house. And he told himself that if he ever found a location that would allow him to do a haunted house, he would do it. And about 11 years, or 11th season, about 11 years ago, he found this old hospital um, that was, this construction started in 1949, opened in 1953, and shut down about 2003, but it was taken over um, par partially by a nursing home. Mm-hmm. And they had oh, this other side, yeah, an abandoned portion that they didn't use. And they oh, used it, it for, Yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> they had this abandoned portion. And it was, they used it for, for a haunted house, just a small one. And they decided, well, let's go ahead and lease this portion to this gentleman who's going to do a haunted house. And he did that, started building and, um, got some family members, Dusty Kingston, Lyle Kingston, and Sonia Anderson um, involved in doing it as well. And during the process of building, they had some pretty strange things happen. Yes. And they just dismissed a lot of it until finally they couldn't dismiss it anymore. <laughs> wow. So uh, let me ask you a quick question. Is is your husband a, a magician at all? Or? No, I mean, he, he's pretty amazing, but I wouldn't call him a magician. <laughs> no, I, no the, interest, the reason I say that, I know I, I, I deal with a lot of uh, uh, gentlemen who work in the bizarre magic phase, uh -huh. and they, they all have their starts, it seems like, in uh, haunted house attraction doing effects for uh, haunted house attractions. So, yeah. Anyway, so that's... I can't, I can't think of a better place than... No. An abandoned hospital, or, <laughs> or, or or I don't know, deserted, maybe not abandoned, mm -hmm. to have a haunted house. That's that's awesome. Oh, yeah, so it's excited. a gold mine. Gold oh, mine. I love it. <laughs> love it. Well, I, I would think, uh, you know, if you had a funeral home, you might be able to top that. Even oh, yeah. better. That's true. That is yeah, true. But a we hospital, are number two. <laughs> a hospital has so many different things you can work with. I mean, funeral home kind of limited to like two rooms yeah like yeah, yeah i know and the, and the viewing room you know but yeah. a hospital you can go anywhere with that yeah we we definitely had the space to transform it into whatever we want um we do have a morgue in there so we can say we have nice. a makeshift funeral home <laughs> mm -hmm. that's true there you go that's awesome. yeah, the interesting thing about it when i first saw the building i said oh look at the you took an old car hop and they made it into a haunted attraction because it doesn't look like a typical hospital you know hospital you look at you you, you kind of think of this you know big tower and building mm -hmm. with lots of floors you know mm -hmm. but this is it's kind of unique is is that because it's the part of country you live in or is, is that common for that um it's actually not common most hospitals like you say are these big towering multi-level buildings um but I think the reason that they made it as the way that it is is because it is a small town, mm -hmm. and it just has this single lever level meandering, you know, hospital structure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, so how did Richie get involved in all this? Oh boy, let's have Richard explain that one. <laughs> 
Well, I was writing a book called The World's Most Haunted Hospitals and uh, had heard about Asylum 49 uh, through Ghost Adventures, the TV show. And so I thought, well, that sounds like it's a pretty good fit for a book about haunted hospitals. So I contacted the owners, the Andersons, and they invited me to go spend a night there uh, one day last spring. Oh, cool. And so I, yeah, so I did. I took a, a small crew from uh, Colorado out with me. We made the road trip, which is about a thousand miles door to door. Oh. Spent the night, uh, and it was a very quiet night. It wasn't a particularly active night at all Aww. in the old hospital. But the reason was was kind of apparent afterwards. I was, uh, it made total sense. I went off season when there were very few people actually in the hospital. It wasn't busy at all. It was pretty much uh, deserted. Mm -hmm. And so Kim and Cammy said, you know, you need to come out here when we're at our peak at Halloween because that's when we get the paranormal activity. Right. And oh, so. Energy. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. they have over 30,000 people in the Halloween season going through, and they're all thinking about ghosts. Seriously? And... Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. They're... Oh, and wow. And so they have one thing on their mind, and that's getting scared, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and so really that acts as kind of a natural energy source for the, the resident spirits to draw on. And so it was quite a way. So I said, you know, I'm not going to come for a night or a weekend. How about you let me move in for a week, which is what ended up happening. Ooh, you, nice. know, you know, Richard, you have some type of an accent. I, I was going to say English, but is it an Australian? No, I'm from back east, like way back east. England <laughs> is correct. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. I should have went my first cut. Okay, very good. You know, because uh, my co-host from the international show is Steve Parsons from the U.K., and, of course, uh, he's one of the leading parapsychologists there, and also he was on Most Haunted. Ooh, fancy. Fancy, fancy. That will kill your resume. Uh, anyway. <laughs> so, so, Cammie, when did you first start realizing that, you know, there was some activity in there? Well, I came on kind of um, about a year after they opened. Um, and I came in there as a paranormal investigator. And oh. Yeah. So I, I married into this gig, so I <laughs> got lucky. <laughs> but um, so I came in as a paranormal investigator. And for those of people who are familiar with paranormal investigating, as you get more familiar with um, your intuition and how it feels to have spirits around you, you kind of go into a location and you say, oh, okay, I kind of feel something here. I feel something here. But at the hospital, when we first came, nobody felt anything. We we're like, gosh, this is pretty much abandoned. There's nothing here. And um, it was a pretty uneventful night. And then we got home and reviewed all of our equipment and we got over a hundred EVPs. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. Yeah. So we went back another night and I remember the, um, the first audible thing I heard there was myself and Kathy Blank and her mother. We were in the nursery, and we were just doing an EVP session, and all of a sudden out in the hallway, we heard kids running up and down and playing in the halls. And that was a pretty big shocker because we hadn't heard anything, you know, as far as I'm concerned, I hadn't heard anything so solid and so loud in any investigation. And so that was, that was probably what turned me 100% to what's going on there. <laughs> wow. Are any, any of these EVPs available online at all? We have some EVPs on Asylum49.com. Um, we have kept a few of them offline, um, obviously, because, you know, over 100 EVPs <laughs> mm -hmm. would probably bog everything down. But right. um, 
a large portion of them were class A. There was obviously B's and C's as well, um, but class A is pretty typical to get at the hospital. Wow. That's amazing to have that many, so many and be so clear. Yeah, it was a big surprise to all of us because generally when you go out, you have to really listen to any EVP that you get. You have to right. sometimes amplify them. Um, and then, of course, you have the background sounds as well that you, you have to filter through. But mm-hmm. these were very, very clear, and it's an extremely controlled environment. There's, you know, it's a large building. All the doors lock when you shut them. Mm-hmm. Um, so we knew there was nobody else in the building with us. Wow. Very now, nice. I, yeah, she mentioned a nursery, too. There's another creepy place you could have, too, as well. <laughs> yeah. so, oh, like- we, had, we had a nursery in our haunted house. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> There's no one that's fit without it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Got to have those little, and you have little kids in it. We mm-hmm. had little kid actors. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell I miss it? We're not open this season, so. Oh, that's so. a bummer. Yeah, it yeah, is. Yeah, go out to Utah. You can go work for them. All right. Yeah, go. Come out. Okay. I'll be right out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, when you talk about, Ron, you remarked about 30,000 people. But you have to think about the length of the haunt season. I mean, it depends when you open. We used to open like the last weekend in September, like that mm-hmm. last, you know, um, and go right through, of course, to the, actually, I think it was the weekend after Halloween. Mm-hmm. So you've got, you know, about five, six weeks. Mm-hmm. Worth of well, Salem's like that. And it yes. all it all adds up. Well, Salem's off the hook. Salem's like <laughs> that. They probably yeah. have 30,000 people a day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is yeah. 30,000 people cumulative. Well, so, so, do you, so I guess either Richard or, or Sarah, or, I mean, Richard or Sarah, where did Sarah come from? I don't know. Anyways, I don't know. Richard, Cammy. Rich, Cammy. Oh, you know what it is? And MS will say this is, is uh, Richard, your name, Eastep. It just keeps reminding me of uh, Sarah Eastep. And, uh, yeah, no, no relation, but I do know of yeah. Sarah's work. She's a true pioneer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's why it probably came out either that she's channeling me one or the other. I have no <laughs> idea. Uh, but anyways, when you were, I forgot where I was, but that's all right. Uh, so why do you think, do you think just the, the, the people being there causes the paranormal activity? I mean, where were these spirits before all the people came in? Um, well, we don't only have um, activity during the haunted house. That's just when the most intense and um, impressive things happen. Um, But as any haunted location, it comes and goes. So I think that a large part of the activity comes from the emotion of fear during the haunted house and all that it generates. Um, And we're also by the town cemetery. Oh, nice. Another of Van's favorite things. Gets deeper and deeper. (laughs) I must go there. I must go there. (laughs) (laughs) Do. Oh. Yeah. And it is a hospital. So there have been people who have passed. And and it has a culmination of pretty much the gambit of motion from one end of the spectrum to the next. Mm -hmm. So. So, so, I mean, are there... are there good spirits? Are there evil spirits or just like ordinary spirits? Um, I believe that they are ordinary spirits. Some people would um, say that we have some that are more along the negative side. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would just call them people without bodies. 
um, just as in life as in death is kind of one of the sayings that we say. If you're grumpy in life and mean in life and hurtful and hateful in life, if you cross over and you end up sticking around, chances are you're going to still have those same characteristics and they're going to come across with different interactions. So, Richard, you go along with that. There's no nothing negative there. It's all uh, like ordinary Joe blows. Well, I, I think that you can get some pretty negative people in life. So some of the activity is definitely um, a little bit on the more, shall we say, unkind side. Um, scratches, shovings, those kind of things. But, you know, you can get that in a bar on a Friday night, can't you? <laughs> oh, yeah. It's another one of Van's favorite things. <laughs> oh, come on now. Don't pick on me. Wow. Anyway. That's what you So do, do we know who uh, haunts this place? Um, we have a few people that we have been able to find in history. Um, we have Wesley. He is in room six, and we were able to find him through a cast member who is a relation of this gentleman, and he passed um, due to complications with Alzheimer's, and when he passed, it followed with him. And then we have another gentleman um, that's in the x-ray area, and his name is Peter, and he, we were able to find him in history as a radio, radiology tech, and we've even spoken with some of his family members as well. Hmm. Wow. And, and Richard, the same, did you find these, or did you find any additional spirits? Yeah, we interacted with um, at least one of those spirits, or at least one in the same area, uh, room six, which seems to be a very active location at the end of the, the main hallway, and had quite a conversation with, uh, with whoever that was. But you also have to be wary that sometimes it's it's easy to be deceived or lied to by whatever comes through the spirit boxes and um, communications devices. And so, so go ahead, go ahead. Ed. I was going to ask Richard. So you stayed there for a week, mm -hmm. and so did anything uh, unusual happen during that time? What, oh, what yeah. happened? So much so that I got a book out of it. <laughs> yeah, there you um, go. We had a, a, a wide range of activity. We had footsteps uh, in empty rooms. We knew for sure because we'd locked ourselves into the hospital. Uh, we had uh, an investigator that was scratched quite quite seriously along the length of her back. Uh, we had doors slamming violently. We had all kinds of things, uh, voices coming through our spirit boxes. Yeah, every night we had something different. Nice. That's awesome. And so we also, I mean, you guys mentioned a couple of them, but uh, unfortunately, Anne does not have the book, and I do. Uh, but there's the mention of a guardian. Who is this character? Tammy, why don't you take that one? Do you one? want me to take that one? Okay. Wow. <laughs> awkward, awkward silence. No. Well, Richard, Richard had quite an um, interaction with him, but I'll start out and kind of introduce the guardian. Um, he first came off as a very um, large figure in a photo that we got. Um, and that was taken during one of the um, paranormal tours. Um, he was taking a, a gentleman in the back of the group, lifted up his camera, took a picture, and there was a very large, tall shadow figure standing behind the entire group. And at the time, it was the age of digital cameras, so you were, they were able to look and see and try to debunk that right away and that just kind of began a whole series of research around this this large shadow and in 
communications with him through EVP, through um, EMF devices, spirit boxes, you know, pretty much any device that you take in there, we gathered that he wants to be called the guardian. Mm. Um, He was a janitor uh, and he is guarding secrets. The gentleman seems very intimidating, very much a bully and likes to um, kind of call out the largest and most threatening individual in the group so that he doesn't take over his area. (laughs) Really? Yeah. (laughs) So how, I I guess I'm going to say, well, how do you know that, like you made that statement that he calls out the the biggest guy in the group. Uh, How does that happen? I mean, how does that occur? Is that just something that's picked up, you know, somebody's thoughts or is it really something greater than that? Um, We've had a lot of different evidence over the last decade of investigating the location. Um, We've had many different teams and individuals come in, do their own investigations, private and public, and, and our own independent investigations as well. And we've gotten a lot of this through just the interactions over the years. Um, Also, I don't know how everybody feels about mediums, but I know that there are some that are very good. And we've had some of those that have come in and have told us a lot of things about that. Okay. So, uh, Richard, uh, what was your uh, experience with the Guardian? Well, I I deliberately went after him. Um, Everything that I'd heard about him from staff and volunteers at the asylum indicates that he's a bully and I have a very low tolerance for, for bullies. So his his side of the hospital, his area is the older part, um, which has two mazes inside it, you know, a mirror maze and a darkened out um, plastic maze. So uh, I went with the resident um, uh, medium and with uh, one of my fellow investigators and we went after him and we found him. Um, we know this because there were footsteps circling around us inside the maze when we were in this area. And uh, the medium told me, she said, you know, he's, he's taking a real dislike to you. He can't stand you at all. Uh, <laughs> no. I said, great, great. Why is that? And she, he said, well, because you're the alpha here. You know, he doesn't like the fact that you're not scared of him. You're not intimidated by him. So we kind of had a yelling match. Um, she said, he's right in front of you. He's yelling in your face. Uh, so I started yelling back and uh, invited him to go. Well, I'll, I'll leave that to your imagination, what I invite him <laughs> to go and do. But uh, he, she said, you know, he's, he's kind of slinking away with his tail between his legs, and we heard these footsteps walking away into the maze. Wow. Just, now, I wonder why I wonder why he is this way. That would be interesting to find out why. Yeah, we've been, we've been trying to figure out who he is and, and his backstory, but unfortunately you only get what they give you. Right. So we just take that and do our research and Mm -hmm. take the characteristics and the interactions that we have with them to build the best story that we can come up with. So have people who have gone through the haunted house, have they experienced him and thought it was part of it? Has has that happened? Mostly our um, security guards interact with him. Um, They since they kind of stay in one area and watch the areas. Um, and we have them stationed in that area mm-hmm. and, uh, and of course, other parts of the hospital. But in that area, we do have security guards and they've often run into them. Some of them have stopped dead, you know, like a brick wall. They've run into a brick wall. Um, mm-hmm. There was one gentleman that he actually did an interview for Ghost Adventures and he, he was scratched by him back in the Black Maze 
Um, but for the most part, the people that go through the haunted house say that they experience the kids. Ah, uh-huh. <laughs> with the, so who are the kids? Who oh the boy. Children? We have a few, we have four of them, five of them actually, that we know their names that they've given us. We have a Thomas, we have Sarah, Tabitha, Jessica, and Christian. They're the mm. most vocal and active, um, with us. Wow. Yeah. So where are they? Do they, are they all over? They hang out in a specific spot? Well, we've noticed that a lot of the spirits have favorite areas. Mm-hmm. Um, and Sarah and Tabitha and Thomas are over in kind of the nursery and labor and delivery area. So they kind of stay in the mater- maternity ward. Mm-hmm. And um, Jessica and Christian like the conference room or the chapel. So obviously they probably don't want a lot to do with the guardian. Not really. Imagine. Not yeah. really. And and generally the kids where they still like specific areas, they will wander around, you know, run up and down the halls like kids do and um, <laughs> play with each other. And, and you can get them throughout the hospital. Sometimes you can, in, in some of the closer areas toward um, the main hall and, and labor and delivery, you can find them in, in the ER where the guardian is. Um, but that's very rare, but it does happen. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. I would think they'd be frightened of him. Yeah. They don't like him very much mm. for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'd be frightened of him. <laughs> he really? can be intimidating. <laughs> so, uh, you know, well, I know we're coming up to the break right now, but, uh, when we come back, maybe you can answer the question is that when people, who go to this as a haunted house, how can they tell uh, the difference between, you know, just the haunted house itself and, uh, you know, genuine paranormal activity and uh, genuine ghosts? So we'll ask you that when we come back. Actually, remember that because I'll forget the question. (laughs) It's the way I am. So anyways, coming up to the break, you are listening to... Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Ann Carrigan and Ron Kolick right here on Tojinet, Parex, Planet Paranormal, Astronet Radio, maybe the Ghost Box, who knows. And our special guests today are Richard Eastup and Cammy Anderson. Uh, so we'll be right back after the following messages. Hey, listen, high atop of Nuns Hill in Groveland stands the Chapel of the Little Missionary Sisters of Charity in Vesey Memorial Park. This serene scene will be the location for one of the most extraordinary events ever to be held. For three days and two nights, these sacred grounds will host the realm of Dan Brown's best-selling novels, Angels and Demons, and The Da Vinci Code. As part of the event, like in the novels, you'll become a symbolologist and follow a set of clues on your own quest to find a missing relic. And there's so much more. Costume dining with the dead, a conclave, a Da Vinci ghost hunt, red light seance, workshops and presentations, a papal death mask, a replica of the Shroud of Turin, and speakers like Keith Johnson from Ghost Hunters, Steve Parsons from the UK, psychic artist Nancy Smith, and Ron Kolick from Ghost Chronicles, and many others. Go to NewEnglandGhostProject.com, that's NEGhostProject.com, or CirclesOfWisdom.com for more information and to purchase tickets, or call 978-455-6678. 
Hello, can you hear me? My name is Harry Price. I am speaking to you via the medium of the Ghost Box. Many of you will know I carried out the first live radio broadcast from Haunted House way back in 1936 for the BBC. Now, thanks to the wonders of modern technology, I am still able to keep abreast of 21st century ghost hunting by listening to Ghost Chronicles International on Togginet, Parax Radio, The Ghost Channel, and even on something called a podcast. Two splendid chaps host it. One is an American who calls himself New England's own Van Helsing, although I have discovered his real name is Ron Kolek. The other is Stephen Parsons, and he's a paranormal scientist. Well, mustache, I'm required elsewhere on something called a K2. But don't forget, I'll be listening in every Tuesday from 8 o'clock in Great Britain and 3 o'clock on the American Eastern Seaboard. I trust you will join me there. Feel the need to do some soul searching or make some changes in your life to create a more positive future? Then Circles of Wisdom is just the place for you. Circles of Wisdom is a metaphysical bookstore and more, located on Route 28 in downtown Andover, Massachusetts. We carry a large selection of books and music, crystals and gemstones, jewelry and gifts, sage, aromatherapy, and so much more, all in a relaxing and welcoming atmosphere. We offer classes on a variety of topics like yoga, Reiki, psychic development, alternative healing, and personal transformation. For guidance on this journey we call life, get a reading from one of our many readers at Circles of Wisdom, 90 Main Street in downtown Andover, right next to Bertucci's. Call us at 978-474-8010 or check us out on the web at www.circlesofwisdom.com. Lots to see and do in a feel-good place, an oasis in this hectic world. Welcome back to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Ron and Ann and our special guests this evening, Richard Estep and Cami Anderson from Asylum 49. So, okay, anyways, Ron. <laughs> before, before the uh, break, we had asked the question, and of course, as I said, I can't remember what it was. So, can I have... Can I remember repeat? it. Oh, good, 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 good. Thank God. <laughs> So my, my, I travel very quickly. Uh, <laughs> yes. So you asked the question of how um, customers can tell what is a real live oh, human yeah. and what is a spirit and, while they go through the haunted house. Besides and, poking them with a stick. Right. And the <laughs> answer to that is you can't. Um, there have been accounts where people have walked through certain areas of the haunted house holding a child's hand that um, is very much Sarah. Um, they've oh. walked through and all of a sudden she'll disappear in a maze or oh. she'll just vanish suddenly. Um, but you really don't know. And I'm sure that there's a lot of accounts that we don't know about where people have encountered some of the spirits. And I know that Richard did actually encounter one. <laughs> and which one was, which one was that? Too, Richard. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was, uh, it was one of the young girls actually. Um, I believe it was Jessica, wasn't it, Cammy? That's get, who I uh, suspect. Yes. Yeah, I get Jessica and Sarah sometimes confused, but um, 
I was walking through on Halloween night as it happened, and I went through the asylum itself, the haunt, just before midnight, before closing down, because I wanted to experience it as a customer would. And uh, my heart rate was up. I'd been chased by a clown with a chainsaw, which, uh, <laughs> yeah, crossed that one off the bucket list. <laughs> And I saw this young girl in a dress, maybe seven, eight years old, um, and she was pulling a lady by her shirt who seemed very reluctant into one of the rooms. And I thought, wow, they, they really do have some young actresses here because the youngest I'd seen there seemed about 13, 14 years of age. Um, but she absolutely looked the part like she belonged in there. And uh, it was only afterwards when I got out of the, uh, the haunt and, and spoke to Kim and Cammy and told them what I'd seen that they said, oh, we don't have anyone that young working oh. here tonight. I said, oh, well, it's, it was obviously somebody's kid then that they brought with them. The lady brought her daughter and dressed her up. And then they said, no, um, we really wouldn't have somebody that young in a full-contact haunted house. That would be, uh, you know, asking for trouble. You saw one of, the, one of the children. You saw Jessica. Oh, my God. Wow. I, yeah, I was going to comment on that earlier. I, I noticed that it's a full-contact haunt because I, ours was not, you know, nobody touches anybody in our haunt. Well, mm-hmm some of the clients might right. you know, get out of line and you can't control, always control that. But mm-hmm. yeah, that's very different. I've, I've never been in one of those. So yeah, it's yeah. a, it's a whole new um, element of fear. Mm-hmm. I would imagine. I would mm-hmm. imagine. Yeah. So before we go any further, uh, could you tell us where the haunted asylum is and where people can get information, tickets and all that cool stuff? It's in Tooele, Utah. It's about 40 minutes outside of Salt Lake City, Utah. And you can go to Asylum49.com to get more information on our dates and prices. Cool. I've got that uh, link up on our Ghost Chronicles Next Generation Facebook page, too. You're so efficient. I know. (laughs) That's why you love me. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. (laughs) And Richard, uh, this is not your only book, is it? It's not. I have a, a few out there. Um, before this, the most recent was The World's Most Haunted Hospitals. And uh, before that, In Search of the Paranormal and uh, Haunted Mongols. And if someone was uh, interested in finding more information about you and your books, where could they do that? Well, I love it when they come visit me online at richardestep.net. Come chat, say hello, shoot me an email, and uh, tell me what, uh, what you think of the books and what you make of the paranormal in general. Nice. Oh, so That's go. also on our Facebook page. If anybody's really, you, you are efficient today. I am is. right on top of things. Right on top of things. So you've you have um, just to veer off just for a second here. Oh, please so do. The <laughs> the world's most haunted hospitals sounds fabulous. I knew you'd pick up on that. Of course, of course. Um, so what? Uh, so have you been these are these are all over the world these hospitals obviously yeah um and i i wanted to uh being i make my living as a paramedic so it's a subject Ah, you know it seemed yeah putting that and uh, my interest in the paranormal together it seemed a natural fit to me Mm -hmm. so i've spoken to quite a few doctors and nurses over the years in various countries and they've all um, had some either great ghost stories themselves to tell, or they'll say, you know, I don't believe in all that kind of garbage, but I know this person, <laughs> and then they'll <laughs> then they'll launch into a great tale. So I wanted to kind of collect some of that up and look at the backstories of some of the world's most haunted uh, healthcare institutions. That's really yeah, that's interesting. A, yeah, I'll have to get great. that one. 
great too. book. Yeah. No, and and it's funny because um, Steve Parsons used to be in the medical field. I mean, he was a nurse, and he will tell you. I know he told me one story that absolutely made the hair stand up on my arm. So, I mean, I'm sure, and I, and I know other medical professionals who have told me stories. And it just seems, of course, that you would run into that. Well, you know, yeah, I think you work with the dead, well, death and dying all that long, and some of it, you know, right. kind of does does get a little bit strange. Mm-hmm. You know what, we, we, we talk about the death and dying and the paranormal and everything else, but, you know, we forget the bottom line that these are the spirits of, of people. And I remember when, when Ghost Chronicles originally came out years and years and years ago, uh, I had a, a woman on the show who taught uh, death uh, with bereavement, bereavement, whatever it's called, uh, to uh, EMTs. Yeah, that too. To EMTs and, uh, you know, hospice workers. And she told me some great stories of of uh, especially children in the hospice, you know, waiting to die. And they will oh, okay. see, they will see, uh, you know, their grandmother who has passed. And they're not frightened of it at all. They just right. talk about it as, you know, it's like seeing a real person. And there are, there are so many stories like that. And, and, we, and we get involved in the horror of, of you being scared and everything else. But, uh, you know, a lot, it's... They're real people too, as as Cammy said in the beginning of the show. They they're just people without bodies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a very good point, and I think that we as a, as a society in the 21st century were so. Um, I don't think we have a particularly healthy attitude towards death and dying. I think we tend to lock it away uh, and and not want to deal with it and not address it. And uh, really, the, a lot of the time, there isn't a great deal to be scared of. It's the the pain of passing, of course. Um, and, and of an illness, but once that's over, it's really a natural process, isn't it? Right. It I is. Yeah. Actually, I've had a near-death experience myself, and uh, because of it, is I no longer fear death. Uh, you know, that's. Oh, do tell. It it totally you know had changed my life as as far as you know I haven't changed like being looking at outlook of life differently. I just look at death differently, and that. Uh, you know, I no longer fear it, and and I, you know, I've I've told people that all the time, and uh, it it br- actually brings some comfort. So, in, in a way, it's actually helped people. So, anyways, um, Cammy, I want to ask you. I mean, you worked there, and and Richard, you could probably comment comment this as well as when when Cammy does too. Have they ever followed you home at all, or? Actually, yes, they do. Um, yeah, generally it's the kids. The kids are very, um, they, they wander a bit and, and you'll see shadows running down the halls. And, you know, over the, the several years that, you know, I've been involved with the hospital, obviously I've got mountains of stories and then just little snippets of things that happen, like, like the shadows that you see running down the hall or the little sounds or waking up and seeing a shadow by your bed, um, (laughs) lights turning on and off, little things moving around the house, stuff like that is, is kind of what I've experienced. Now, do you have children yourself? I do. I do have children. <laughs> so have they interacted with them? They have. Um, I'm, I'm kind of lucky to have been able to raise them in this environment because they do have a more healthy appreciation of death and, and afterlife and, and different beings. Um, but at times they have been afraid. They've been scared. Um, my older daughter, she's seen 
Sarah, and Sarah looks very much like the a younger version of the woman on The Grudge. Um, <laughs> so that that mm. frightened her a little bit initially, and, and my son's been chased out of the hospital by something that crawls on the walls and stuff like that. So oh, that was, no. yeah. <laughs> oh. those kind of situations have been a little bit frightening for them, but I think they've got a, got some good good heads on their shoulders and very well-rounded, so they handle it pretty well. Oh, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> Richard, do you have any hitchhikers to talk about? Any what, sorry? Hitchhikers. Oh, hitchhikers. You know, um, yes, actually, for 20 years I'd done this and had no no stories at all like that. And then just last Christmas, which was um, after I'd visited Asylum 49, we started to get some very odd activity around the house, and that culminated in um, both my wife and I seeing a shadow figure and hearing a woman's voice uh, in, in the home. And my dog, of course, went berserk. Oh, no. uh, yeah, went off on some something that we couldn't see. And I think the final straw was when a whole bunch of picture frames came crashing down from the mantelpiece above the fire. Oh, no. And I, I called a friend of mine who is a, a paranormal investigator and a Catholic priest, and he came <laughs> kindly blessed the house for us. Uh-huh. Did that help? You know, it did, and things are a lot quieter now, although I'm going back to the asylum this Halloween for another uh, five days. So. Oh, no. <laughs> you need some Van Helsing special blend. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Got to hit Ron about- up for a bottle. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So, yeah, actually, uh, we, we had a, an interesting story. Um, I work with a, a trance medium. That's a, the one where the spirit actually goes into the body and takes the body over the person. It's pretty freaky uh, unless you see it. Uh, but anyways, we were driving home uh, from doing a radio show, actually, and all of a sudden she said that... Uh, there's a spirit here and you know he wants to talk and i said like can you trans channel and drive at the same time <laughs> and she said wow. i don't know so anyway but anyways yeah i did get my uh bottle of special spray uh fantastic special spray and uh, was able to uh hold them at bay until we got to wendy's of course and then we jumped out of the car and i sprayed the car all over the place so yeah that was a good sign <laughs> but, yeah i have no shame <laughs> no, you don't at all. No, wait. Not no. at all. So I, I wanted to talk about a couple of the the rooms. You have some really interesting rooms in there. One of them, of course, is Secret Room Six Six Six. How did you come up with that? Is that just a, a, a gimmick, or is how did the name come up? Actually, it is Room Six, and it is at the end of the hall. Mm-hmm. But for obviously just for the entertainment factor, we added a couple sixes to it, you know. Just so. <laughs> oh, you just, you just thought of that's all. Yeah. So it, was, <laughs> it, it is room six, but with all the activity that comes out of it and and the weird goings on that go that are centered around that area um, that it's been so dubbed six, six, six. There you go. What's in uh, room six, six, six? Oh, oh boy. <laughs> what and who, right, Kimmy? Right. <laughs> exactly. Well. Yeah, the, what? Who's you there? Wanna, they talked about it a little bit before, right? Did you guys talk about room six before? Yeah, we did. We talked about Wesley that's down there. Um, yeah. And oh. he's the one that has the Alzheimer's. So. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, he's down there, and there's, there's a few other things that um, kind of frequent the area. 
um, that's that specific area is very unique as we've been able to basically call out a paranormal, you know, paranormal activity. Um, it has, it's at the end of the hall, the maternity hall. And at the very end, there is a door and around the door is brushed aluminum. And we figured out that if you shine a very dim light down the end of the hall, the brushed aluminum will illuminate that light very slightly. And mm-hmm. you can call down the hall and you can say, Wesley, can you please walk across the hall? And you can visibly watch a shadow walk from room six all the way across the hall. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So, and, and he's Did you not film the that? Have you filmed that at all? We have filmed it, yeah. We do oh, have it really on film. Cool. Yep. <laughs> that is really cool. Very yeah. cool. Now, another one, and I, and I know that Clay Rucker, remember, my team uh, would absolutely love this. And this is the uh, uh, fear cage or the, the cage. Uh, what's, it, what's it called exactly? Uh, yeah, fear cage. Mm-hmm. Yes, we do have that room. And that was um, when the hospital was up and running. It was the staff lounge and their break room. Mm-hmm. And in that area it has a a human man-made power source that runs through it and it it creates this uh, sort of a cage like one of those old school round bird cages that you can track with your emf devices Mm -hmm. and for the longest time one of the theories um that we kind of played into was that emf a large you know amount of emf or or even minimal EMF for people who are sensitive to electromagnetic fields um, is, is, is a reason that people have paranormal activity or vi- feel paranormal activities happening. Um, it can cause things like headaches, hallucinations, skin irritations, nausea, things like that. For, so for the longest time, we didn't think there was anything in that area until we saw somebody peeking out of the doorway. <laughs> <laughs> So after that, we thought, well, geez, maybe that is something that helps a spirit manifest. <laughs> mm. So that that's kind of that room. And we do have a few spirits in there. We have um, a man and a little boy and then another man that's in that area. Wow. Okay. So I, I, maybe I misunderstood, but I also believe there is something else in the room besides uh, spirits. There's dolls. <laughs> dolls. <laughs> yes, in the haunted house we have a room just full of dolls. Creepy from floor doll. to ceiling. Yeah, there's a lot of dolls in there. Um, and we do have some odd characters in the hospital, you know, um, other beings that you wouldn't normally classify as a spirit. Um, but we really can't say what they are. I mean, if there mm-hmm. is a dimension of spirits, who's to say there isn't multi? dimensional beings as well right so uh is that your favorite room richard my favorite room above all i think is uh, i'm a big fan of um, the mazes and there is a red riding hood room in 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 between the mazes which has uh grandma's bed you know and all that stuff and grandma's but there is there is a huge werewolf that comes flying up from underneath grandma's bed when you walk into the room Uh, That's great. Mm-hmm. Okay. And another area is called the Chapel of the Damned. Right. So right. That right. was um, during the – when it was a hospital, it was 
the conference room. And you'll hear me refer to that on, on interviews and stuff as the conference room, because okay. that's what it's always been to me since we change out our scenes throughout the hospital. Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't stay one thing. But at the particular time where Richard came through, it was a chapel. And it, it actually still is this year, only slightly different. But um, that area is where Jessica and Christian like to um, frequent. They, they are there very often, more often than not. Um, and it, when we have the conference table in there, they'll crawl around underneath the table and play with your shoes um, <laughs> and your shoelaces and some of them, there's been claims of them grabbing people's feet and running around the table. And, and they're very good at um, moving objects. Ah. Yeah. So would you say, so most of the children there are probably under 10 uh, or younger? Um, their ages vary. Um, Christian, he is actually very, very young. He would, he would be at about the age of three. Mm -hmm. And one thing that about him that was very interesting and that we found fascinating as far as paranormal in general was that when we first started um, investigating and talking with him, he didn't speak much. He was more of a the coup and the cause and the, you know, little baby words. Mm -hmm. But as time go went on, he started constructing sentences. Mm. So that to us, you know, suggested that they continue to learn even after their bodies die. That's interesting. Yeah. But we have children from all ages. We have teenagers and there's a lot of spirits that um, we don't talk about that are there that haven't come out very often. And in all honesty, the haunting of Asylum 49 is really just the first chapter of what is going on at the hospital. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. So. Does this cross over? And now you said the other half is a nursing home. Yes, it is. And Does this cross over? Yeah, it was. So the hospital is two hundred and sixteen thousand square feet. Ooh, the portion wow. that we've had for the last eleven or ten years, going in eleven, is about thirty-eight thousand square feet, and mm -hmm. the remainder is occupied by the nursing home and the residents there. That's um, so freaky. Yeah, yes. but we did we did purchase the whole hospital and a few years ago and they should be moving into their new facility in February. We'll be able to take over that whole place and we're gonna wow. have Richard come out and investigate the nurses <gasps> inside for the very first time. We've never investigated. In fact I've only oh. been over there maybe three, four times in the whole eleven years. It's yeah. gonna be awesome. Can't wait. Wow. Yeah, that should, should be interesting. Is, that's huge. Yeah, but just some of those people are dying to get out of there. Uh, <laughs> funny, Ron. Funny, funny. Great pun. <laughs> that's that's uh, that's mind blowing. That's amazing. That big an area. Yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting. I do know that when I went over, when I've been over onto the nursing home side, um, we have it has seemed a lot more active, um, and we've had stories from the nurses that have been over there. Um, and it, it even has a kind of a crematorium, a smaller one for like <laughs> organs and body parts and stuff. <laughs> 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 I have to like pots. Pots. Yes. This pots. Pots. Oh, pots. wow. <laughs> so that's, ah. what goes, that's what goes into chicken pie. Ron, we have to go there. <laughs> yeah. We have to go a, there. Road trip, I know. That's awesome. uh, yeah, put it on the list. Yeah. Uh, any, anyways, so Richard, when you do your investigation, has Kerry been a, along with you on any of these? 
Yeah, I mean, um, she was kind enough, and I, I really appreciated this, that last year she was very willing to say, you know what, we'll just lock you all in. We don't want to contaminate your evidence. Figure out what you can find. And after we'd done that for a little bit, she very kindly, along with um, other investigators, um, came along and uh, accompanied us and gave us the guided tour. So we kind of got the best of both worlds. Okay. Well, you know, I was curious because uh, Cammy working there all the time, I, the spirits, I would assume, would be familiar with her. And, you know, I was wondering if that would help in the investigation at all. Or, or do you think it, it, it uh, just colors it? What's your thoughts? Is that Hello? Richard? Or? <laughs> yeah, I'll be Richard. He's the one okay. doing investigating. All right. So my... Uh, my thought on it is that you have someone there that is familiar with the spirits, and, and they do seem to know Cammy. They will speak to her in person, you know, as like an old and, uh, I think, trusted friend. So that was a real benefit, having her around. And, and I know that this coming Halloween, uh, Cammy has kind of cleared her schedule, and she's going to spend, I think, pretty much every night investigating mm -hmm. with us. Right, Cammy? Right, right. I am going to join you for these. <laughs> oh, God bless you. Very nice. <laughs> so when you do your investigation, do you stay totally overnight? Or, I mean... Or do you like have a hotel there and then just go into there we, like a few hours we, at night? Or? We did get a hotel on the other side of the graveyard. Oh, good. <laughs> good, 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 good. Because the, uh, the, the asylum is built next to the town graveyard, the cemetery. So mm -hmm. there's, a, there's a hotel, which is pretty awesome, that was on the other side of it. And we would use that to basically uh, sunrise, you know, just go back, have some sleep, come right on in. Wow. Um, <laughs> Of course, that's uh, the doorbell, which means pizza, pizza from, from the dead is here. Yeah. So we've, we're actually going to wrap it up. So, uh, yeah, did I, I guess we answered that. Anything else you'd like to add before uh, we say goodbye to you? I'd just like to thank you for having us along as your guests tonight. And thank you, re uh, your uh, listeners for listening in. And hope they come check out the story of Asylum 49. Absolutely. Uh, I would love yeah. to. <laughs> yeah, Kimmy, and, yeah, I know you would. It's it's got everything you want in. Everything, everything, except the, except the wine. Uh, I'm sure I can pick some up on the way. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, once again, uh, check out uh, Richard's website, which is what you. Uh, and it's uh, richardstep.net. There you go, and Cammy. Asylum49.com. All right. Thank you guys so much. It was really, really interesting, and I wish you the best of luck in the upcoming season. So uh, that'll wrap it up here. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. Uh, okay. Great talking with you guys. Thank you. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. Good night. Well, that was awesome. It was. Yeah. Uh, yeah. At that Boy, talk about all the things I love. Right there. Right there in one spot. Uh, uh, I'm like I'm like confused by the message I just got. It said tunes, and then it said one minute, and then it said thirty seconds. So I have no clue what we're doing. Thirty <laughs> seconds left. Why is that confusing? Because oh. we said tunes. Oh, he said tunes first. Oh no, that's the last message. That's the last message. No. Well, now you have fifteen seconds. Talk it up fast. Let's go. I don't know. Anyways, check Last out my book. website, anyghostproject.com, the letter N, the letter E, ghostproject.com. Find out about Spirit Quest and all that other cool stuff that we do, including something we're doing in East Bridgewater and Dining with the Dead at the Standish Grill on October 1st. Go to anyghostproject.com for more ticket information. 
come and have pizza with us and listen to Steve Parsons tell pizza from the dead. We're mostly having mostly stories. Pizza from the it. dead. Yep. We're gonna have pizza from the dead there. We are so gonna anyways, have pizza from the dead. Yes, we are. And there so are the, there are the tunes. We're going. Bye. <laughs> Good night, Good everybody. Night. Thanks God for bless. listening. Talk to you next week. Goalies to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us good law.